Welcome all Whovians. My name is Brianna and today I'm going to take you through the vortex on this companion to Doctor Who. Today friends we are going to be celebrating companions and talking about Steven Taylor who just left the TARDIS in The Savages. So we are going to take some time to chat about Steven. Steven, alongside Vicky, I've said this many times, but I think that he is one of the most underrated companions in all of Doctor Who, and particularly in Classic Who. I think Steven and Vicky both suffer from the fact that so many of their episodes are missing, and that we're still in kind of the black and white era of the show and such. So while people are fairly familiar with Ian and Barbara and To a Degree Susan, in um, revisiting the first doctor, they often don't see episodes from this later era of the first doctor. And Stephen is just such a huge part of that. And unfortunately, some of his very best serials are entirely missing. And that's really unfortunate because I think he is a fantastic companion who has this really interesting character arc and he has he has his flaws, but he just is a fantastic companion. Steven is, of course, played by Peter Purvis, who is a fantastic actor, brings so much to the role of Steven and did not by all accounts want to leave the show so it's kind of this very sad thing i think that we lost steven so soon i definitely could see this companion being someone who could continue on the tardis for much longer so let's talk about steven steven's overall story on the show we first meet him in the chase which is ian and barbara's final serial so all the way back then and he is being held captive by the mechanoids in this little city he's basically in a tree house and he's been captive for so long he crash landed there he has all his needs met that he's kind of given up being able to escape and of course, Ian and Barbara and the doctor help him find a, a way of getting out of his his prison, his treehouse prison. The mechanoids and the Daleks end up fighting each other and destroying each other. And Stephen is going to be leaving with the doctor, but runs back into his treehouse in order to rescue his teddy bear, which is this little panda teddy bear. And the doctor and Vicky assume that Stephen has died because he ran back into the fire. Stephen, however, does get out of the fire and stows away on the TARDIS, unbeknownst to the doctor and Vicky. Ian and Barbara have exited the TARDIS at this point, so they have gone off their merry way and gone into the sunset, had their beautiful montage, their, their exit from the show. And we discover Stephen on the TARDIS with Vicky and the Doctor. So initially, Stephen is our second companion on the TARDIS. His relationship is primarily with Vicky, first off, rather than the Doctor, which is very 
usual for we would say like the second companion so he's he's the mickey character for those of you who are familiar with new who or rory in the first season or so before he becomes a full-fledged companion he is around for the journey but vicky is still the prime companion on the tardis and we kind of have this error of apprenticeship for steven so Stephen lands in the time meddler with Vicky and he refuses to believe that this ship can travel in time, refuses to believe that they're in 1066 and spends most of that episode just being a little pain <laughs> and refusing to to admit to the fact that they are, in fact, in the past. He Ends up being very useful, however, with Vicky, who's still kind of in charge, and she she ends up using Steven to to help her ultimately help the doctor, and he he quickly becomes part of the team. This does reveal one of the problems I think we have for Steven, which is he is very, very stubborn and very, very secure in his view of the world. He has a really hard time empathizing with other people. I, and I think that this is something that's pretty consistent with Stephen across the board of his journey on the, the TARDIS. This isn't necessarily like he's a bad person. It's just he tends to see things from his own point of view and from his own worldview. So it's really hard for him to believe the Doctor and Vicky when they land in the past. And we're going to see that stubbornness rear its head multiple times when he is convinced that this is the way the world is and he doesn't accept another version of it. Despite that fact, though, he becomes a more equal member of the TARDIS going into Galaxy 4 and the Mythmakers. We start seeing the real Steven, I think, emerge a little bit in the Mythmakers when he is the one who is going off to rescue Vicky. He He's making more decisions. He gets himself into a lot of trouble as Diomedes <laughs> and he's still, he's still a little foolish. I think that in this time period of the show, Steven is portrayed as the well-meaning idiot <laughs> a lot of the times. So he's trying to be the hero, but he's still in that apprenticeship. He's still in the transition into a, a equal companion here. Mythmakers is, of course, Vicky's exit. And this is a difficult time for Steven because he ends that serial poisoned and like out of his mind. So not only has Vicky disappeared, but he goes into the Daleks master plan without his full faculties. We're going to talk a little bit about this, but between Mythmakers, Daleks master plan and the massacre, Steven has one of the hardest journeys on the TARDIS of any companion. Just just putting it out there. He's up with like Martha Jones <laughs> in terms of the shit that he's dealing with on his his time during the the TARDIS, um, his his time on the TARDIS. But going into Dalek Master Plan, Stephen is our only real companion with the Doctor throughout that very, very long serial. Unfortunately, he doesn't have all that much to do. He's initially the damsel in distress, and the doctor's trying to save him because he's sick. And a lot of the temporary companions in that serial end up overshining Stephen. Like, Stephen's around, but again, he's kind of bumbling. He doesn't really know what he's doing. 
But Stephen does form a close relationship with a lot of the characters in Dalek's master plan. He and Brett get on pretty well. He forms a type bond with Katrina because she saves him and she, of course, dies. Our Trojan maiden from Myth Makers, who's a temporary companion. Brett ends up dying and Stephen, well, the doctor's affected by that. I think Stephen is more affected by that. And of course, he becomes close to Sarah Kingdom, who also dies. And he also is very strongly affected by that. So Stephen is coming out of Dalek's master plan, having lost a lot of people, including Vicky, who didn't die, but, you know, she she went into the past and he's never going to see her again. They had this kind of tight sibling bond going on. And he comes into one of the darkest serials of Doctor Who, The Massacre, with this, all this grief from the previous serial. And of course, this is another story where he gets close to all of these different Huguenot characters, and particularly the maid, Anne, and all of them die. And ultimately, he is forced by the doctor who takes away Stephen's ability to do anything at the end of that serial. He, he's, he essentially abandons Anne. This, this servant girl that he had taken under his wing and was trying to protect. The, the massacre feels like a transitional episode for Stephen. Prior to this, he is a secondary companion. He, he's, he's playing second fiddle to Vicky. And honestly, in the Daleks Master plan, while, while he has some good moments, he is not the focus of that serial. And he's just kind of along for the ride. In, in that serial. So it's in the massacre that we really start to see Steven as a character. He is driving the entire, the entire story. Like the doctor is literally not around for a good chunk of that serial. So he is, it's his story, him trying to make sense of this past and this very confusing situation, his relationships. And we see his courage and his, his loyalty and his good heart coming out again and again. We've seen that before, of course. That's present in Myth Makers. It's present in Dalek's Master Plan. Stephen is very willing to be sacrificial, to give up parts of himself in order to protect others. He wants to be the person taking care of others. But it's in Massacre that I really think he starts to come together as a character and you start to see what kind of person he is. He's very naive, he's very trusting, but he just has this big heart and he is trying very difficult, like he's trying to do the right thing. He has a a strong moral compass, even if he can be a little pigheaded about the way he sees the world. So from the massacre onwards, Stephen is now our lead companion, our main companion. Throughout season two, he is kind of our central character alongside the doctor he's our stability he's the the person that we're coming back to our human that we can relate to dodo well i think she has her moments she she comes on at the end of the massacre there is a weaker character overall and does not have a relationship with the doctor which we'll, we'll talk about later it is Stephen and the Doctor's relationship that really is the heart of the serials going forward, both in the massacre 
especially at the end, some of the best moments of Doctor Who um, happen at the end of the massacre. But we see that in the Ark, Celestial Toymaker, the Gunfighters, the Savages. And we start to see Stephen emerge as with his full potential in these stories. We're seeing him in the massacre. He's willing to risk his life to find out more information because he's seen as like this traitor and he's he's not. So he tries to help the Huguenots who are helping him in the Ark. He is the one who starts to try to to defend him and Dodo and the doctor with this illness and to try to convince the the elders on the ark to allow the doctor to to take care of them and to to find a cure for this illness so we see him be the one who's on trial and who's standing up even though he's sick and he's near death he's the one trying to to make that change and at the end of that serial we see him leading the revolution on the spaceship like he is the one who's facilitating that and helping the humans rebel against the monoids so the doctor and Dodo are down on the planet doing their thing, but he's the one in the actual danger making these choices. Likewise, in Celestial Toymaker, Dodo, while she has lots of interesting questions, is definitely would have died <laughs> in the serial if Stephen had not been pushing the action forward. Again, this is a serial that's almost entirely missing William Hartnell's doctor. So Stephen and to a lesser degree Dodo are the ones carrying that serial. And he is the character that we're meant to relate to. He is the one who keeps pushing Dodo forward and remembers that this is a challenge we need to we need to get out of here. The the toy maker is an actual threat, which Dodo sometimes forgets about. In Gunfighters, we see his courage coming forward again. He kind of, it appears that he's going to be the hapless victim of the cowboys, but in fact, he he is not that. He he tries to warn the doctor to help the doctor and ends up becoming the damsel in distress, which is also a role that Stephen plays quite a bit. But he's he's taken in by the outlaws and and the scene in which he's almost hung and he's begging the doctor like not to give in, not to put himself in danger. It's It's very you there's like this like nice dual role with steven as both the person trying to save others but also someone who consistently in the show gets into trouble and is often the person who has to be saved which you should be noticing that there's an emerging theme here we're gonna get to it but yes steven is i think our first quote-unquote modern friend companion equal companion which we'll talk about of course, after Gunfighters, we have the Savages, and the Savages, we see Steven initially have have some issues. Again, his pigheadedness, his stubbornness and refusing to see the world from someone else's perspective is there. But he ultimately is the one who shows the Savages how to rebel, just as he showed the people in the Ark how to rebel. And just as he helped with the rebellion in the massacre, he is the one who's leading that that revolution, who's who's helping them discover a way of overthrowing the elders in the city. And he gains their respect through his ingenuity, through his refusal to to allow himself to be dominated, to become a captive again, as he was when we first met him. 
And ultimately, he gains the respect of Jano, the leader of the elders, because he saves his life at the end of that serial. So while his exit is a little rushed, ultimately, him being put forth as a mediator, as a leader, to lead these two people groups forward and to help them find a better society where neither is going to be taking advantage of the other feels right that he would be a good leader and it's such a great evolution for him as someone who was passively in captivity himself and being controlled by these mechanoids and being treated as this this pet you know well taken care for but never allowed out of his treehouse that he becomes the person who instigates rebellion and helping people find their own power and ultimately being a leader of this new society and trying to create a society of equality rather than these these inequalities which he has seen over and over again in his travels and he understands at this point how harmful those societies can be so I do think we see this incredible evolution of Stephen as a character from the first time we meet him He's already a really likable guy, but he's very passive. And by the end, he is the one taking action and pushing the story forward more often than not. I do think that Steven is, as I said, our first friend companion. So I say that because Ian and Barbara are really the the protagonist of their time on Doctor Who. They're the heroes and the Doctor's kind of the uh, patriarchal grandfatherly figure in that family unit that is created with Ian, Barbara, and Susan and later with Vicky. So while they are equal to the Doctor in many ways and there is a friendship there, their relationship doesn't feel like like friends you know Barbara and the doctor it almost feels like an adult an adult daughter and her her dad and same with Ian there is there's a slightly different like power dynamic there and Vicky and Susan are the doctor's children like flat out like they're his his little kids that he's taking care of and he vibes very strongly with them they have a good time together but he's ultimately the parental figure for them I would say similar for Dodo, but again, we'll talk about this more when we get to Dodo's celebrating companions, but I don't think Dodo really has a relationship with the doctor that we're really, that's seen on screen. Um, He's very neutral towards her and we don't really have him building a unique relationship with her beyond her being in the position of like Vicky or Susan. So I do think that Stephen in many ways is our prototype for the companion figure we are used to in, for those of you coming from New Who, or even for people who are coming from later Doctor Who, from later Classic Who, I do think Stephen is our first companion emerging that takes on that more friendship role, this intense bond with the Doctor that doesn't feel paternalistic like the doctor sometimes does you know oh my dear boy and he he's still a mentor to steven i'm not saying that that's not there but it does feel like the two of them have a different sort of bond than any other companion pair with the doctor in this time period i think there's a really different dynamic for steven 
partially because he is the only companion in this era, aside from, I guess, Dodo in War Machines, who is a sole companion for a while. Throughout the Daleks' master plan, like, he is the only companion on the TARDIS. And because Vicky is missing in action from most of the myth makers, we also see the doctor and Steven acting as, as companion Dr. Pear at that point as well. So there is a lot of ways in which he, he becomes the sole companion. And if, this is also rare because he's a male companion and we don't see that very often. We're going to see it with Jamie and we're going to see it with, with some later companions a little bit, but there is this sense that he is when Dodo shows up, she's always the secondary companion. <laughs> like she has a relationship with Steven, but not with the doctor. She, she's the Mickey character now. <laughs> And it's it's Stephen who is the Rose, Donna, Amy, Martha character, like the, the primary companion. And his relationship with the Doctor is genuinely, I think, very close and very powerful. We... So Ian and Barbara always had a lot of tension with the Doctor. They had a lot of bickering and it felt very familial. Stephen and the Doctor have this interesting journey where... In that apprenticeship stage, before Vicky leaves, the Doctor and Stephen don't really have much of a relationship. Again, the primary companion is Vicky, and Stephen's relationship is primarily with Vicky. But then we get this transition in Dalek's Master Plan and the Massacre, where Stephen is the sole companion, and we start to see the way in which Stephen and the Doctor are coming together as a Doctor-Companion pair, and how much tension there is initially in that, particularly in the massacre. Because I said that Stephen is very set in his ways and very stubborn and he, he, he lacks empathy a lot of times for being able to understand how other people are seeing the world. The same could be said of the, the first Doctor. I think both of these two struggle to understand how other people see the world. And because of that, it's not that they're immoral characters or that they can't get to a point where they, they, like, they care about other people. Stephen cares deeply about other people, but he frames the world in a very particular way and he struggles to see how people could frame it differently. And we see these two stubborn men butt heads particularly strongly in the massacre at the end of this, where the doctor is telling Stephen that he cannot interfere with the course of history, that he can't, he can't change things. He can't take Anne away from here, this, this servant girl. He doesn't understand what that will do. And Stephen, who's down on the ground and in the ranks and is our human character, who's not seeing things of this big intellectual grander picture, he's just seeing the day to day, he cannot understand that. And we literally see a complete break between the two of them. Like Stephen is leaving the TARDIS. And yeah, Ian and Barbara had some some issues with the doctor and some budding heads early in their relationship. But this this feels different. This feels like something that's been building for a while. That these two already have a close relationship. And this feels like a betrayal. Stephen sees what the doctor is doing as a betrayal and the doctor from his lamentation afterwards feels like Stephen is refusing to understand his perspective and cannot understand it. And that ultimately there's a sense of betrayal there that Stephen is choosing to leave. 
because the doctor is trying to do the best that he can do. But the two of them, they move past this and they repair their relationship. It's it's kind of like a Clara situation with the 12th Doctor where the, the two of them break apart and then they kind of come back together and they feel stronger than ever coming back together. We see Stephen be an advocate for the Doctor and his ability to fix situations throughout the serials going forward. He seems to have regained his respect for the doctor, seeing Dodo, who is the descendant of Anne, and he seems to get it at that point, symbolically. And we see him in the Ark, the Celestial Toymaker to a degree, certainly in the Gunfighters, advocating that the doctor can be someone who can lead, who can help, and trying to get people to see that, which is something we're very used to companions doing, I think, in Doctor Who. But something we actually don't see too much prior to this because the Doctor is not the the central hero prior to, like, Ian and Barbara's departure. Like, sometimes Ian and Barbara will talk about the Doctor's scientific knowledge, but they're not saying that he can fix things, you know? Like, Stephen actually does say that, that kind of stuff. Like, oh arc people you you need the doctor the doctor can help you <laughs> you know and it does feel like there is a switch over here to to again the the doctor becoming more of a hero and the central hero of the story and steven being that right hand man and that that person who who is a hero in his own right and is driving the human aspect of the story but also is a support for the doctor and supports his his um, heroism which is a traditional i think companion role so we see steven in many ways i think is the prototype of the usual modern companion we still have some other interesting companions we still occasionally get the vicky susan someone like bill who feels like a child or a grandchild of the doctor and there's a slightly different dynamic there but I would say the typical companion relationship of all the first Doctor companions, I think Stephen is the one who embodies that and who introduces the potential for that kind of relationship. Now, I do think that Stephen's relationship with the female companions that he shares his time in the TARDIS with are probably the more problematic aspects of his time in the TARDIS. I, I adore his relationship with Vicky. They just come across as siblings to me, like kind of a big brother, younger sister. And Stephen's a little stubborn and can be a little dismissive of Vicky, but Vicky like gives back as good as she takes. So that relationship always just comes across as playful to me rather than problematic. I I do think that... So Doctor Who doesn't know what to do with Dodo as a companion. We'll, we'll talk about this, uh, I think, a little bit more next time when we're talking about her exit episode and when we talk about her as a companion and her time. I do appreciate her more in rewatch than I initially did. I, I kind of dismissed her the first time I watched as just a non-entity. And I do think that the actress at least is trying really, really hard it's just she doesn't she's not given much material. So the show as a whole sometimes feels like it's extremely dismissive of Dodo and dumps on her. But unfortunately, a lot of that comes out with her relationship to Steven, which, as I mentioned last serial, he often just 
gaslights Dodo. He just, he seems to position her ideas, her perception of reality, her way of seeing the world as untrustworthy. And he's very, very dismissive of her. This is particularly true in The Savages. Like, he's literally denying reality when when she's saying, I saw this thing. And he's like, oh, you imagine things. But we see that to a degree with the Celestial Toymaker. And in The Gunfighters, while the two of them are separated, Stephen seems to take the piss out of Dodo quite a bit with these ideas about or like how much she's into being the Western cowgirl and such. It's just, it, it feels like a slightly unhealthy dynamic. We see Dodo push back a little bit. Like Dodo seems unbothered by Steven um, and what Steven is doing, but I don't know. It bugs me as a viewer and we do see her push back and sometimes she'll say things like in the savages she she says oh are you do you always have to listen to the doctor are you like man enough to make your own decisions which feels out of character for dodo but also it's just kind of i don't know he is the one who feels like he's instigating the the problems with that relationship but again i'm not sure if this is a steven issue steven being stubborn or if it's a writing issue around dodo if we're meant to perceive dodo in a certain way and steven's reacting in a way that makes sense based on that perception it's not clear in either case his relationship with dodo always feels very uneasy to me it's never clear if they're supposed to be fellow travelers, if they're supposed to have that sibling-like dynamic that he had with Vicky, or if they're supposed to be a couple. People consistently mistake Dodo and Steven for a couple, and they're they're called a couple by various people in the Gunfighters and the Celestial Toymaker in the Ark. Um, and we see no indications that the two of them are romantic, but that seems to be a consistent interpretation of their relationship and by by other characters on the show but the show doesn't seem to want to commit to that like that would have been interesting to explore but we don't see that so i do think that there are some issues around dodo as a companion and steven and dodo's relationship and i do think that this leads into the the issue that i do think that steven sometimes can come across as a little chauvinistic I don't think that that's always an intentional thing on the writer's part. That might just be this time period seeping in. But we have this issue with Steven to a degree, particularly in how he treats Dodo in the way in which he's always trying to protect all the women that he encounters. Even someone like Sarah Kingdom, who is like a trained <laughs> assassin, <laughs> he feels that he has to be the big man and protect her. And this is something we see with the next few male companions, with both Ben and with Jamie. This, this is present as well. But I do feel like with those two companions that that's, we're supposed to laugh at that about them. Like it's actually a acknowledged character flaw that they, they are products of their time period and they can sometimes be a little dismissive of the woman in their lives and it feels like the show acknowledges that it doesn't feel like it acknowledges it with steven and i point this out because if i'm looking back at ian our former male companion i don't think that's present at all 
I think Ian respects the hell out of Barbara. I think he he's protective and he wants to take care of people, but it never comes across as sexist in, in how it presents. And I also don't think we see that with the doctor who can be a little... He talks down to almost all the human characters in his life and he he kind of babies Vicky and Susan and to a degree Dodo and and but he also, you know, calls calls Steven my, my dear young young man or you know, it's my dear boy. So there is the sense that it's an equal opportunity. The doctor is superior and treats everyone as his kid, <laughs> which I know kind of contradicts what I'm saying earlier about him and Stephen having a more equal relationship. But I don't know if the doctor always perceives their relationship as fully equal, <laughs> if that makes sense. But I do think the show perceives it as such and sees them as friends ultimately. So I do think that that's a slight issue for Steven. It's something I noticed more in this go round. And I think it's an issue specifically because the show doesn't seem to fully acknowledge it. It's, it's, it's almost too subtle. Whereas when we get to Ben or with Jamie, it's more in your face and it's, it's actually a problem. You know, Jamie and his inability to initially see Zoe as as his equal as someone who's actually smarter than him is actually a conflict the show acknowledges and jamie has to learn and grow from that because he's he's from an older time period and he he is influenced by the society which he grew up and he needs to learn to kind of get past that so that's an actual issue for for the show that it takes on and it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem as if Stephen is is given that same treatment. And again, I don't think this is present in the same way with Ian. So it's not that the show could not put forth a, a different version. Now, this this might just be, again, down to Stephen's stubbornness, his hot-headedness, his desire to protect and care for others uh, coming out in a way that feels a little dismissive. Of, of other people because he, he can be a little dismissive of both Vicky and of Dodo. And I just think it's worth mentioning that and, and discussing it. So if we're looking at Stephen's exit, I think this is actually related to the issue with Stephen, which is I do think that Stephen's exit, while it totally makes sense that the savages would be on board with him as their leader, given he has been someone who has consistently been helping to rally them and such. It is weird that the elders would see him in that role because Stephen hasn't really interacted with the elders beyond his little guided tour at the beginning of that episode in which he is completely unsuspicious and Dodo is the one who's investigating and trying to fix things. I... If Dodo had been better written for throughout this series... And given how bad her exit is, which comes up next week, and it's it's one of the worst exits in all of Doctor Who, it might be the worst exit that a companion has ever had. I kind of would have liked to see Dodo exit in the Savages as well and be the person who was with the elders throughout this time and drawing their attention to to the issues that they had as a society and balancing out that coin. Um, the only reason I, I say that 
I'm a little hesitant is because I do think that Steven and Dodo's relationship is problematic, but I could see a universe in which the two of them had been built up, say, as a romantic pairing or even just as really good friends and their relationship was a little healthier or they went through this stage where Steven was denying Dodo's reality and grew to respect her and to appreciate that she brings a different viewpoint. And even if it's different from the way he sees the world, there's... There's value in that. And I could see a scenario in which the two of them both decided to stay on the planet with the elders and the savages and were going to be dual mediators. And I don't know. I think that would have potentially been a better that would have wrapped up that last thread with Stephen of him needing to be better about seeing other people's point of views, which I which I think is something he consistently is poor at throughout his run. And would be a barrier for him as a leader, in spite of his good heart. So when we're talking about why Stephen would be the ideal leader for the savages, Jano says, The man we need must inspire trust. His judgments must come from his heart, even more than his head. And I think that this is ultimately what describes Stephen. He isn't necessarily the smartest of all the companions. He gets himself into trouble now and then. He He's not the one to come up with all these great, brilliant plans, though, though he does have his moments where he figures things out. But he ultimately has a really big heart and he cares about other people. Even if he can't always understand their viewpoint, he, he doesn't have the ability to necessarily put himself into their shoes in the way that some other companions can. I do think that he, in some ways, is almost more admirable because he can't do that. And instead, he just he just has this great care for others and and has big emotions and and comes to have these really deep relationships with people in a very short amount of time. And we see that over and over and over again with his relationship with Vicky, with the people he meets in Dalek's master plan, with the people he meets in the massacre, in the Ark, that he just forms these very tight bonds with other people. And he's able to to create, like, he's just so friendly and he's so open and people trust him. And he he is better than anyone else in the TARDIS at this time than Vicky or the doctor or Dodo at bonding with the people that they meet in their travels and, and creating these, these tight bonds with them and being able to like, we don't see that with Vicky ultimately gets involved with the Trojans and such, but she typically is not creating these close relationships in their adventures. Dodo certainly is not doing that with, with a few exceptions, you know, she gets close to Doc Holliday and such, but, but Steven seems to consistently in every episode he's in, in every serial he's in, he cares about these people and he comes to, to fight for them and to embody their cause and to, to actually make really close relationships with the various people he encounters. And I think that that's something that sets him apart in many ways in this era. So I keep saying like a lack of, a lack of empathy. And I'm not saying that as like this terrible, Oh, he doesn't care about other people. I'm just saying that he's very stubborn in the way he sees the world and he struggles to see 
how other people see the world, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. I think this is also a problem for Barbara, say. Barbara has an issue in the Aztecs, for instance, of being able to just conceive of the world the way these people conceive of the world. It doesn't mean she doesn't care. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have empathy for for the suffering of people. I think Stephen has that too. Like he can deeply empathize with the with the suffering and and such but he um he struggles to see the world the way that other people do so that's i think the the point i'm trying to get across he has a really really good heart he just doesn't always have that that head to be able to to think through a situation and to see the broader implications or the uh, other ways that people see the world um but that said i do think that makes him a great companion to this doctor who has similar problems but in the opposite direction where this doctor is very very intelligent and can put together all the pieces and understand all these things intellectually and and can empathize with all these different viewpoints per se um especially this later version of the doctor the first doctor but he struggles to to feel those things emotionally. <laughs> so there's a difference, I guess, between that intellectual understanding and connection versus that like emotional feeling and connection as a human. And I think Stephen brings that to the table, just this very human emotional experience that we wouldn't get otherwise from the doctor and i think that makes him a really important character especially in season three where the doctor is becoming more front and center in these stories and dodo is a weaker companion who's kind of less able to be the audience stand-in i think that steven is very much our way into this world throughout this season and is a very important companion because of that I suppose the last thing I will say about Steven is I alluded to this earlier, but I do think he has one of the most difficult runs on the show. I He is the companion who he gets close to so many of these people who this this particular season, season three, if we were going to count all of so if we were put to put Katarina and brett and sarah kingdom as as equal companions say they all die <laughs> and who he gets really close to dies the the various characters that he befriends in france for the revolution they all die even troy prior to this like he gets close to I mean, he has kind of an adversarial relationship with Odysseus, but he meets all these people in the Greek camp and in the Trojan camp, and he watches them decimated. So he has three serials in a row with the Mythmakers, where everyone dies, basically. The, the entire civilization is destroyed. The Daleks' master plan, while they win the day... The cost is so high and we have one of the bleakest end credits for that with the, the Stephen and the doctor just standing in the rubble and just being like, what a waste. And you hear Stephen being the voice of humanity saying what Brett, Sarah, Katrina, Sarah, like all these people who had died and he's the one saying their names and mourning them. As I said, like our human center here, the one who feels and again and then he goes straight into 
the massacre and he loses all these other people and he's he's confronting the doctor and just like how could you let this happen this was a, all those people and he's again listing their names as they've all died and he is someone who definitely makes you feel the cost of this travel in the TARDIS. And he's someone who's forged in that fire, who comes out of those three really bleak serials and begins to come into his own in the serials going forward. But I mean, even in something like the Ark, he he makes these friends with these original people on the Ark. And then they, they go forward like centuries and those people are all dead. And it's... Stephen has a rough time of it, guys. <laughs> and I do think that we see him become stronger and stronger through that roughness and become a better version of himself. So I think that's what I really appreciate about Stephen. Ian and Barbara are essentially the same characters at the end of their time on the TARDIS as they were at the beginning. Like they've thought more, they have more experiences. Yes, they've changed in some ways, but they're still essentially the same characters. Susan's done a little growing up, but is essentially the same. Vicky, same. It, Vicky hardly changes. Like maybe she's grown up a little bit. She's not a kid anymore. But but we have the same basic, like she's more open and more more happy than she was when we first met her. But Steven, the Steven we meet in that first episode in the chase when we first meet him and the Steven who's walking away from the TARDIS in the savages, those two Stevens feel like very different people. And I don't think that's true of any other companion in this error and i would even go so far as to say i'm not sure it's true of any companions really in the second doctor's error like this is something i think that is unique to steven in that he has a lot a lot of growing as a character feels like a very different person he has essentially changed from being on the tardis Ian and Barbara change the Doctor drastically. Like, they drastically change who the Doctor is. He, but I think the Doctor is the one who primarily grows from that. And Vicky and Susan grow up. Dodo, it's kind of hard to, to fully get a grip on her character. But you could say she does a little growing up. Maybe. <laughs> but Stephen... Stephen has gone from this person who's passive and, you know, very silly and jolly and just kind of goes with the flow to a revolutionary, to a leader, to someone who would never, ever put up. The, the Stephen at the end of The Savages would knock some sense into his former self and be like, we are getting the freak out of this mechanoid city and we're also going to tear it down because we can't let this happen to anyone else. And I think that's what's so cool about Stephen is just seeing the remarkable journey that he goes on as a character over the course of his time on the TARDIS. So, again, Vicky and Stephen both extremely underappreciated companions, and Stephen might take the cake as the most underappreciated companion. It's so unfortunate that we are missing some of the most important serials for Stephen, that we, we don't really have i mean we have like 
the time meddler, which is Steven in his apprentice stage when he's still in development and he's refusing to acknowledge what he's gotten himself into you and he's still kind of that jovial, passive dude. And 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 he's still fun in that serial, but he isn't fully developed yet. Like that's that's his embryonic stage, right? And that's really the only early serial we have from him. And then <laughs> the next thing we have is the arc, which again is isn't a bad serial for Steven. Like he's pretty awesome in that, and he's leading revolutions, and he's he's the hero, the one who's up and fighting on the ship. So we're seeing a bit more of him in in the arc and the the gunfighters being cool. But neither of those two serials, neither the arc or the gunfighters, are centered on Steven. The episodes that are really centered on Steven are, of course, the massacre. You could say to an extent, the Dallas Master Plan, we see Steven start to transition as into our soul companion as well. And obviously he is our human contact, especially at the end of that serial after everyone else has died. So Dalek Master Plan, which is missing. The Massacre, which is missing. Celestial Toymaker, he's the principal companion in that and it's basically his story missing and the savages which is his exit story (laughs) missing so it's just so frustrating because this is such a great companion such a great performance he's just such a likable dude who has such a big heart and he's not perfect he has his flaws but he he is so human he is such a human dude who is just cares so much about other people and connects to other people and makes all these friends and it hurts when those people he is our connection to all these people and he makes us care about these stories because he cares about these stories he is invested in these people that we meet even if it's in this far distant future and this far distant past we care because steven cares and and we've missed so much of of that development and this character and again, I think he is our first prototype of that that companion we're used to seeing, that friend companion who is serving as the doctor's right-hand man. You know, the, the, the person who is to the doctor's right and is going to be there and is going to be supportive and is a hero in their own right, but is also going to be the number two, you know, <laughs> helping out the doctor. I think Stephen is in many ways the first person to serve that role And I just feel he's been largely forgotten because the best of his serials are missing. And it's just, it's so frustrating. He, Steven Taylor deserves so much more love, (laughs) y'all. I'm going to fight for this guy to the end. (laughs) He is, he's, he's just such a brilliant companion. He really, really deserves celebration. I wish Honestly, he had been on the TARDIS longer. I would have loved to see him be around for the transition of the first Doctor into the second Doctor, for instance. I think that would have made the transition a lot smoother. It would have allowed us to be more emotionally invested because by the time we get there, we're, we're um, Ben and Polly and we we've barely know them. They've just kind of come on board the TARDIS and they don't have as strong a connection to the doctor as I think Steven does. I think this is the last companion from this era of the show who has a really strong connection to the first doctor. Ben and Polly become closer with the second doctor, but the first doctor, 
Dodo, Ben, Polly, they just don't have the same relationship to the first Doctor. And after this, the Doctor feels very separate from the companions going forward to the end of his run. Like, there isn't that same dynamic there after Stephen leaves. And I think it would have been really lovely if he had been able to stick around a little longer, at least to the end of Hartnell's run. Okay. So I think that I have adequately gotten across to y'all that Steven's brilliant and y'all should watch him. Go go back and watch some episodes. Seriously. I know there isn't much <laughs> remaining from Steven's time on the show, but Time Meddler is a fantastic serial. I think The Ark is just a, is a really great serial. The Gunfighters is a great serial. So go watch any of those. And if you do want to do a lovely reconstruction, the massacre is just one of the best, best, best serials of the show. And it's it's sad that we just don't we don't have it. And it's such a good Steven episode. The Savages has its problems, but again, a good episode for Steven in the second half and a really great Hartnell episode. And and of course, the Dalek Master Plan is so dang long, but it's it's brilliant. It's just such a shame we're missing all of these. <laughs> I keep leaving out Galaxy 4 because I always forget about Galaxy 4. I don't think Steven's really important in that one, but, <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So y'all should go and watch some Classic Who. Go check out Steven. Seriously, he's so underrated. He deserves more love. I'm going to close my thoughts out on the wonderful Steven Taylor for now. I probably will return to him at the end of the first Doctor era when we do like some companion roundup and chat about all the companions of the first Doctor. But for now, we're going to leave him to be the leader and mediator on this unnamed planet between the elders and the savages. He could come back, guys. We we could go and visit that planet and see like the distant future in which the the, the, the mediation has been fixed and these people are now one people. We could see Steven. Yes, please, please. Can we do that? New who? Is he, is he still around? Oh, I would love to see Steven as an adult. Well, all grown up and, you know, as a um, patriarch and a leader. And he, he would definitely like get married and have lots and lots of kids and like lots and lots of grandkids and just be like really sweet. And oh, that makes me happy. Okay. So Steven needs to come back. New who take note. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to leave him on his planet as the leader. And next time we'll be moving on to the War Machines, which is Dodo's exit, because of course it is. And it's also the last surviving serial from the first Doctor. Everything after that is missing in its entirety. So... Yes, we. you should go and watch The War Machines if you have not yet. It is our last surviving serial from the Doctor. And while Dodo is very quickly written out of the story in a very unfortunate and not-so-great way, Ben and Polly are pretty fun in this in this story. And there, there's some interesting ideas. It's not, it's not my favorite of all the serials, but I do really like getting to see William Hartnell in modern day. So the first Doctor, like, in... what is the equivalent of modern day London at the time it was being filmed, seeing him go to a nightclub and seeing him for the very first time become a leader 
in like a military, like generalistic sense. And he's kind of pulling all the pieces with these powerful players. And it's really the first time we've seen this doctor do that. And it's, it's really quite fun. So some good things in the war machines, go check that out. Thank you all so very much for listening. This has been Through the Vortex, a companion to Doctor Who.